Well, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Pastor. Take your Bible, please, now and turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And let me uh, express again my appreciation to you for this effort that you have made in putting uh, more than 300 uh, subscription years together. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that more than you know. And literally, that, that lets us partner together. The people you're providing it for, we're going to do our best to put things in their hands that will help them, strengthen them. Uh, if they're unsaved, we'll, we'll keep hammering the message to them over and over and over again. And uh, you just uh, are a partner with us in that. And for that, let me say thank you so very much. It's always a joy to come to Central Baptist and to be here in Ocala. And it uh, seems like often my trips are like this. I come in late on Saturday and leave early, like in the morning. I'm getting up at 2.30 to head out and uh, catch my airplane uh, early and get back home mid-morning and, and uh, got to travel again come Thursday. And so anyway, just thank you for praying for us and being our friend. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for Dr. Bloom serving on our board as well. And uh, he'll be coming up 24th of April for our board meeting. In fact, in addition to the board meeting, we're going to have a kind of a celebration they're putting together, somebody's putting together uh, because of my 25 years at the Sword, and it'll be a big service on uh, Friday night, uh, music and preaching at uh, the, in the Sword Auditorium there in Murfreesboro, and uh, you're certainly invited to come for that if you'd like. Be glad to see any of you there. Second Timothy chapter number 2, and I begin reading at the top of the chapter. Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Now, if you will, look carefully, and let me read again verse number 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding <coughs> in all things. Now, the Apostle Paul is the human penman, the letter is addressed, first of all, to his young protege, Timothy, and obviously it is here in the Bible for us. Now, this verse, uh, the apostle says to his uh, young friend, he says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I want to talk to you tonight around this theme. Consider what it says. Consider what it says. Now, he gives this instruction and this really a mandated type of, of uh, word to Timothy. And he says, now, you got to understand here, the Lord will give you understanding. He'll help you to know and figure out and gain uh, perspective on uh, whatever comes up in all things. So he said, just consider what I say. Now, in this chapter... He lays out, uh, very methodically, he lays out 
some things about who Timothy was and should be and who we are and who we should be. For example, in verse number 1, he addresses Timothy as uh, my son. Now, Timothy was not his son physically and biologically, but uh, Timothy was his son in the faith, his son in the ministry, and he was son in the faith and son of the ministry because there was a point in time where Timothy had become a son of God. So it's true of all of us that uh, we start everything in the Lord's work and in the Lord's economy. Everything begins at the point where we're birthed into the family of God. We become the children of God. The Bible says, Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So everybody that is, he said all. So everybody that is saved, everybody that is a child of God gets in the same way. There's not 29 different plans for getting saved. He said, you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So first and foremost, let's just consider the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. We are the children of the living God when we come to Christ, receive the Savior, and uh, that, that gets us in. Now, second thing that this chapter tells us and told Timothy, not only was he a son, but he was also to be a teacher. Verse number 2, he says, the, the things that you've heard of me, you commit to faithful men. In other words, Paul to Timothy to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So one generation, second generation, third generation, fourth generation. Uh, we become a son of God. We get understanding in a lot of things that we didn't understand before, and we are supposed to pass that along. We're supposed to communicate that to other people, so we become a teacher. I was on the phone with my wife after I arrived on the parking lot here tonight, and uh, our conversation went something like this. I said to her, I said, you know, you and I are so blessed because uh, in the process of our years, when, when our two children were in the house, uh, we, we worked at uh, presenting to them the things that they needed to hear and, uh, and we uh, made every effort to be the same person that we were publicly, uh, the same person privately. And uh, so our children, I mean, they were not faced with saying, well, daddy or mother, they're, they're different at home than they are out in public. I mean, I said, you know, we, we tried to, to be who we are and what we're supposed to be. And, uh, and as a result of that, our children did not have to have this conflict in their, in their mind saying, well, is, is it this or is it that? Is it real or is it not real? And I said, now then, with the six grands that we have, and some of them grown now in their early 20s, uh, what's happened? Well, our daughter and her husband, our son and his wife, they have turned right around and, and taught and lived in front of their kids the things that we tried to live in front of them. And, uh, so what are we doing? I mean, listen, we're, we're, I mean, we're as serious as, uh, as a heart attack. I mean, we are serious about this business of, uh, of making it happen in our family. I mean, nothing. I've, I've told her any number of times. If I fail at everything and everything that I try to do ministry wise, if I fail at all of that, but if you and I succeed with our family, We'll die and go to heaven happy people because nothing, nothing is any more important than that. And in all of the things that you do here as a church with your school and, and uh, with the, uh, uh, the overall ministry, your bus ministry, all of those things, uh, the radio and everything that you're doing as a church, 
What are you doing? You're communicating what you know. You're communicating what you live to others. And so you say, well, I don't teach at the school. No, but you're a teacher. Because as a son of God, a child of God, uh, the Lord says, you take what you've gotten, the understanding that you get, you take it and you communicate it to somebody else who will be faithful with it and they'll give it to another generation following. Now, so what, what do we got here? Consider what I say. You're a son. You're a child of God. Not only that, you're a teacher. The third thing that he points out is, he said, I want you also to be a soldier. Now, uh, you know, sometimes the military gets uh, kicked around by people that uh, ought to be its friends. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, you're looking at somebody, you're looking at somebody that uh, when I see soldiers, I, I salute them. I, I, I pay attention. I honor them. I thank God for them. I mean, we wouldn't have our freedom except for some people who've worn the uniforms. And uh, some of them uh, paid the price with their lives. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that. <coughs> and, and the Lord uses that analogy here because, see, being a son of God, being a teacher of the good things of God, there's some times when we're going to have to fight for, for what's right. You know, some things are worth fighting for. Now, there was a time, there was a time whenever we kind of wore the badge of being fighting fundamentalists. Well, you know, a lot of people picked on us about that and everybody kind of got anemic and it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll quiet down and we won't be quite so aggressive. It's time we got our fight back. When it comes, when it comes to a bunch of the garbage stuff that's going on in our country, somebody needs to rise up. A bunch of somebody's needs to rise up, speak up, refuse to shut up and just, just stay on the trail. I mean, when the devil shows up, we, we don't need to give him a parking place. Amen. We, we don't need to make arrangements for him to lodge with us. We need to send that dude on down the road. And the Bible says if we'll resist him, he'll do exactly that. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to stand up. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not going to be silent. I mean, here we are in America. 2020 is an important uh, year in our country. And uh, very frankly, in fact, since I got here yesterday, I've written an article. You'll see it coming in the sword. And uh, when you look at it, you say he wrote that whole thing in a cala. Uh, but I, I wrote it. It's on, on politics and faith. And they, they're, they're, they're not adversaries. You, they're not. Uh, I mean, the, the liberals have tried to say, well, you folks got to stay out of politics. That's, that's what they want us to. They want us to go home, close the door, lock the door, and let them run the country. And some of us are saying, no, 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 you, you're going to have to put up with us. You know, we're, we're Christians, we're citizens, and uh, voting time comes, every one of us. I mean, if you've got to get in a wheelchair and let somebody roll you in, you ought to go in there, get an absentee ballot or something. And I mean, you say, well, they're not only voting on dog catcher, go vote. Amen. You know? Now, you say, what's the deal here? We are in a war. We're in a hostile environment in our society. And we cannot wimp out. We need to, to maintain our fighting spirit. Uh, I mean, it's, there are times to fight and times not to. But let's be sure that when it comes, need somebody to stand up that we do that. So, what's he telling him? He said, hey, consider this. You're a son. You're a teacher. You're a soldier. Then, then he uses in verse 5 the uh, illustration of an athlete. Now, <coughs> I, I like... College basketball doesn't make me a better Christian, but I like it. I, I got in here yesterday afternoon, and I mean, I scurried through getting registered over the hotel so I'd get to the TV in time to, uh, to watch University of Kentucky uh, play basketball. I, I know I'm in Florida, but uh, 
but I grew up in Kentucky, and I, I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm not sorry. Sorry to say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I, I just who I am. I like college basketball. I like baseball. And uh, again, I know it doesn't make me a better Christian, but I, but I like it. I, I live and breathe it. I, I just, it's just who I am. You want to talk that stuff? I can talk to you about it. Now, here, here's the deal. You're going to be a basketball player. You're going to be a baseball player. I'm telling you what, if you're on my team, you're going to go to the, to the, to the weight room. You're going to go in the training. You're going to get yourself prepared. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to get ready for game day. We're, we're going to, we're going to have ourselves ready for game day. And, um, and whenever we get in, we're going to give it all we got. Uh, we, we, every, every, every day is a good day. Every game is an important game. How many times, how many times as a basketball team or a baseball team come down to the last day of the season and they're a half a game short of being able to go to the tournament? I mean, just things like that all of the time. And you and I just need to know every day is important. Every opportunity we have is, is something we ought to give our best to. So he says we're, 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 we're like a son, like a teacher, like a soldier, like an athlete. Verse 6, he says, like a farmer. Some of us grew up on farms. And uh, if you didn't grow up on a farm, uh, I hope I hope you make it. But uh, but 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 you know I, I'm serious. I'm telling you, uh, if 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 you if you got a little plot of land you can raise your kids on, it'll do them good. Uh, there's just something about kids digging in the dirt that's better than just rolling down a sidewalk. And um, and and kids that grow up in a rural environment, I think have they just got some things going for them. Now. Uh, a farmer, <coughs> they will tell you that a lot of the rest of the population, they work from eight to five, but a farmer works from sun to sun and his work's really never done. Growing up on the farm, we did a couple hours of chores before we started doing our work. Then we did those chores again at night after the work was all done, just the way it was. I remember when I was a little bitty boy, mom and dad was milking 14 cows by hand. 14 cows by hand. Didn't have any all those automatic things. <laughs> In fact, at five and six years of age, we had, we had one little old cow, a little brown Swiss cow. She, she didn't give a whole lot, and they'd, they'd put me on a stool and make me milk that brown Swiss cow. I mean, <laughs> you know, say, well, you, you were as a kindergarten kid. We didn't have kindergarten. I mean, that was my kindergarten, amen? Now, uh, hey, listen, that, that farm business, it's important. You, you wouldn't have eaten your lunch today except that somebody, somebody's raising broccoli, somebody's raising beans, somebody's raising potatoes. And that whole business, I mean, it's sowing the seed and cultivating the soil and doing all of the things that's involved in that. And in God's economy and the work that you and I are involved in, we sow the seed, we work at it all the time. I mean, we, we just, we're just stirring the thing all of the time to get the job done so that there will be a day of harvest. The Lord says, consider what I tell you. You're a son, a teacher, a soldier, an athlete, a farmer. Verse 15, he says, you're a student. Suddenly show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, <coughs> not everybody gets to go to college, but uh, everybody can come to Sunday school. You know, not, not, everybody, not everybody will get a graduate degree, but everybody can show up on Wednesday night for the Bible study. And, uh, and the result of that is, as you learn the Bible, as you figure out various things about the Christian life, you can be productive as a ser servant of God. I have preacher friends that I preach for that didn't even finish high school. 
You say, well, how are they doing? They're doing quite well because they've, they've schooled themselves on the things of God and they've gotten the blessing of God on their life and they're, they're, they're doing quite well. In fact, I've, I've known some men who've had great churches, large churches, that, uh, you know, they, 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 they just didn't, they didn't have regular school stuff like some of us had the privilege to do. And so uh, you say, what do you do? Figure it out. Find a way. Study. Learn the things of God. Turn the television set off and read the Bible once in a while. You know, shut the, uh, shut the gizmos and gadgets off and, and read your Bible and study your Bible and, and, and read the stuff we put in the sword that'll help you. And that, that'll, make, that'll make a difference. So we're, we're, consider this. You're a student. You get down to verse uh, 20 and 21. He says, and not only that, but you're a vessel. You're a vessel. He said uh, in... Uh, uh, verse 20, a great house, there are vessels of gold and silver and wood and earth, uh, some uh, to honor, some to dishonor, some uh, meaning by that, some will uh, uh, perhaps have some uh, uh, you know, blemishes on them in some shape or form, but yet they've been crafted in a very special way, and as a result of that, uh, God's able to use them. They may not be a perfect specimen, but God's able to use them. And he says, just, just purge yourself. And be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. I'm telling you, you can be a vessel. You may not be the biggest vessel, you can be a vessel. You may not be the prettiest vessel, but you can be a vessel. And just know that God wants you to do so. And then finally, in verse 24, he says that you're also to be a servant. Now, that hardly needs any explanation. So, what do we got here? He says, consider this. You're a son. You're a teacher. You're, a, you're a, a soldier, you're an athlete, you're a farmer, you're a student, you're a vessel, you're a servant. And you say, well, well, well what, what, what do we do in the process of all of that? Well, remember Jesus said we're to be the salt of the earth. Matthew chapter 5, be the salt of the earth. That same passage, he said, you're to be the light for the world. Uh, just a chapter or so later in chapter 6, uh, he says we're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And, and, and the Lord will add all these things to us uh, that, that we need. And uh, you read passages like uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that says, Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. God has uh, looked upon us as stewards, given us a stewardship of the things that He's entrusted to us. And uh, I like passages like Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 that says we are Christ's workmanship, uh, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That workmanship there, it's an interesting word, it's the word poema in the Greek. We have a word like it, poem. You know, poem, poetry. Uh, you say, well, what's the deal with that? Uh, you know, uh, you string a few words together. And if you do it in the right kind of a way, people will say, oh, that's poetry. And, uh, you know, that tells you that somebody purposely did something. Now, you say, well, I'm not sure. Well, uh, you know, poetry and poetry and poetry. I mean, not all poetry is like poetry. One of my favorites is tit for tat, butter for fat. You kill my dog, I'll kill your cat. <laughs> It's not very good, but, but what happens? String the words together, and you got something. I mean, I really like things like Robert Frost saying, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. I, I mean, things like that. 
just putting the words together and crafting something real special. And the Bible says we are His workmanship. He's putting something together when He crafts on us. And uh, therefore, we are, 2 Corinthians 5 says, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are His representatives in, uh, in Central Florida. We are His representatives wherever it is that we go. And being His representatives, we have the opportunity to be an example of the believers. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, he said to Timothy, Be thou an example of the believers. And you and I have that same privilege. And so, what do we do? We do all of that as we go about doing the work uh, of an evangel and taking the message of the gospel to others. So, here we are. Consider what I say. The Lord give thee understanding in all things. Uh, what is it we're to consider? Consider you're a son, you're a teacher, you're a, 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 a soldier, you're an athlete, you're a farmer, you're a student, you're a vessel, you're a servant. And remember, because of that, the Lord has committed some things to our trust. Uh, we, we have the ministry of repentance, for example. Repentance, that's a good Bible word. Just means things headed wrong and... Uh, why, why are they headed wrong? Because somebody's got their mindset wrong. And so what happens when, uh, when we talk to them about repenting? We're, we're telling them to, to, to do a fix on their mind. We're, we're telling them, your mind needs to turn around. Your mind's headed wrong. You, you need to think differently. And so we get them to thinking differently, and that, that starts the process. We, we have a ministry... Where, I mean, we need to be crying aloud and saying to people, repent. I mean, people, people have been drinking alcohol, been doing all this kind of crazy stuff, living their life like a uh, disciple of the devil. Uh, what do we need to do? We need to say, hey, repent, repent, repent. Change your mind about all of that. Get your mind focused in a different direction. Not only that, but we've been committed to a ministry of regeneration. Regeneration. Getting people birthed into the family of God. It's not enough to have folks join the church. Not, not, I mean, this is not a club. This is not a club where we pay dues to get in. It's not that at all. We, we are, I mean, I mean, there, there are denominations with, with, uh, with outlets in your town and in my town that don't even believe in regeneration. Don't even believe in it. They'll tell you they don't believe in it. Now, um, the Bible that I have <laughs> preaches regeneration. And you and I have that ministry. I mean, we need to be talking repentance and talking regeneration. We need to be talking reconciliation. Things get crossways. If there's any way under heaven to get things straightened out, uh, you know, some, something between you and your wife gets, gets crossways, get it fixed. Reconcile it. Uh, your, your child or your parent or, or your great uncle or whatever, uh, reconcile it. Uh, straighten it out. By the grace of God, reconciliation can, can occur. Uh, we, we have a ministry in that regard. The Bible says so. We have a ministry of restoration. Restoration. You know, I mentioned a little bit ago about the, the prisoners and people that have made uh, terrible blunders in their life. Uh, wh what do we do? We need to get things restored for them. A few years back, Betty and I were driving down the street and uh, she was driving actually and I was on the passenger side and we, we were driving down the street in town and going past this, this laundry, it was a place where we did business where I got my shirts done, and uh, we, we were driving past them. There was two or three uh, kids, I mean, they were like 13, 14 years old. They were walking along. 
just about the time they got to the laundry, they had a big open window. It probably was about six or seven feet, like an open window. They had some stuffed animals sitting in the window. And before we got to those boys, I saw them look like so. And one of them reached in there and grabbed something like a teddy bear. He grabbed that thing and started running. Well, about that time, we passed him. Betty's driving about 20 miles an hour on the street. We passed him. And just about the time we passed, and I saw him grab that teddy bear, I said to her, stop, stop. <laughs> and she stopped right in the street. And uh, I turned I turned around, opened my door, and I stepped out. I mean, I mean, you'd have thought I was getting ready for a quick draw with Matt Dillon or something. I stood right there on that sidewalk, and, uh, and when that kid saw me, and he was 30, 40 feet from me, when he saw me, I pointed my finger at him, and I said, stop. You know what he did? He stopped. Just froze. He and his buddies, they just froze right there on the sidewalk. And I was still pointing my finger, and I said, put it back. And he went and put it back. Walked back very slowly. And I'm still standing there. <laughs> he got back kind of close. I said, now, come here. I said, you too. I, I called them both up there. Got them right up close to me. And I said, now, look. I said, I just, I just did you a big favor. And I said, not only that, but I said, I'm the best friend you got. And I said, I want you to look right here at this face. And the next time you're tempted to do something like that, you remember, you remember, I told you, don't do stuff like that. And they went on down the way. You say, what's the deal with you? What's what's the deal with you? Hey, I was just being the ambassador. I just being the soldier. I just being the the athlete. I mean, whatever. But some of us need to remember that in the process, I mean, things can happen, but we need to put back what we mess up. Just put it back. You, you, you lie about something, straighten it out. You steal something, straighten it out. Put it back. Get it back in place. We have a ministry of restoration, a ministry of rescue. We're into rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. We have a ministry of right. Just... Just standing for what's right. And uh, the process of that, we, we stand against stuff that's wrong. I mean, you, you, uh, if, if, you, if you love right, you're going to have to hate wrong. If you, if, you, if you love veggies in the garden, you better hate weeds. You're going to have to deal with it. We have a ministry of revival, a ministry of readiness, getting people prepped for heaven. Got a ministry of... I mean, pastor talked in Sunday school in the Auditorium Bible class this morning about, about uh, the rapture. I mean, we got a ministry that, that, uh, that uh, I mean, we're focused. We're thinking about that. By the way, this whole ministry, this whole list of our words, we have a ministry of rejoicing. And just letting the joy of the Lord build up in us to the place where that uh, our face radiates the joys of the Lord. Now, The text, he said to Timothy, and he says to us, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I mean, we got people all over town who are are 
whining their way around. Oh, I just don't understand. I mean, man, this is bad. That's bad. And something's going wrong. And I don't like this. And man, I'm going to get better. All that. Listen, let the Lord give you understanding. Let the Lord give you wisdom. Let the Lord give you hope. Let the Lord give you direction. Let the Lord give you a way out and up. Let the Lord do that. And these little words when he says, consider what I say. I rephrase it just a little bit for us. And I say, let's consider what it says. When we consider it like we should, well, it's going to help us and it's going to help us to be a helper to others. Just consider what it says. Stand up with me, please.